Welcome back to the Bushnell Project, Making Marriage Great. Wanting to encourage men, men of all ages and marital status, to be in God's Word and to be pressing on with their relationship with God and if they are married in their relationship with their wife. Marriage is great because God made it. If it sucks, it's because that's what you've done to it. So it's just being bluntly honest with ourselves. Our marriage is exactly what we make it. Actually, it's probably still better than what we make it. But I want to encourage you guys in pressing on with all that God has for you. And we're in Hebrews 13 because I think reading God's Word is a great way to do it. Reading to it, listening to it, however that helps you. Uh, either way works really, really good. And we're going through the first verses here in chapter 13. I want to look here at verse 3. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. So one is to remember those who are in prison. There is obviously a part of the community that is in prison. The church is being persecuted at this point when the sermon is preached. And we know that they have ones who have been separated from their families, placed in the prison, and some are in worse shape than that. And then it even goes on to talk about as though in prison with them. So imagine if you were in prison with them. Well, that, and when you start to think that way, it really helps you to pray for them, right? The discomfort of being in prison, having absolutely no control over what's going on in your life, having no way to respond to your loved one's needs because you're in prison and you're just in the cell. You're maybe never see daylight, hardly get fed if you get fed. No contact whatsoever with your family. Although there might be, it's also highly likely though that there is no contact. Maybe other members of your family are in prison or you're led to believe that they're in prison. All these realities that you're dealing with. So today, there are still Christians who are in prison because of their faith. And the verse continues to go on. And those who are mistreated, people in many parts of the country who lose their jobs because they became born again or kicked out of their families, and so we need to be a, be realizing they're a part of our body and we need to be praying for them. And to, you know, when we think about other men and other women and other children who are being persecuted because of their faith in Jesus Christ. It makes some of the things that we're dealing with maybe seem a little bit less heavy. I want to say less, maybe more petty, but it's it's pretty not petty, whatever you're dealing with, except just to realize it's probably a lot less heavy than some of the realities that our brothers and sisters are dealing with as they walk with Jesus and are having everything taken away from them, including their family. But they still love Jesus. They still have their faith, but they have nothing else. And for you and for me to really pray for them, as if we were with them. So that there's a concentrated focus on what is going on in the persecuted church. It's a, it's a concentrated focus on the reality that we may not understand, the hardship that some of our brothers and sisters are literally going through because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And that we are asked here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3, to pray for them. What does that look like? Well, simply getting together with your wife or your family, holding hands, giving thanks to God that you have each other and you have time right now and praying specifically, God, there are 
We have brothers and sisters that we don't even know by name, but you do, that right now cannot hold hands with their spouse because they are in prison. They've been separated from their families. Or maybe they can hold hands, but they're in a cold place where they do not have control of when the next time they'll get to walk outside or get a meal or use normal facilities. They may be in cages. They may be in a cave. Whatever it might be, Lord, help us to understand the gravity of that. But Father, more than anything, lift them up, encourage them, strengthen them, give them peace. We pray that you would work about their freedom, but in the midst of them still being captive, God, that you would encourage them and strengthen them and make them into the greater man or woman of God you want for them to be and help me, God, to continue to pray for them. So it's not rocket science. It is though being very purposeful in thinking about our persecuted brothers and sisters and how we think about them so that we can pray about them so we can lift them up to the Holy One of Israel who knows them by name, who cares for them greater than we do, and who will act on our prayers. So I hope that encourages you to get together with some loved ones this day or later tonight and to actually pray for the persecuted, pray for our brothers and sisters that are in prison. If you don't think that's something that's happen, happening, look up the Voice of the Martyrs webpage. You can actually get a periodical sent to you for free. They have a lot of great resources and a lot of current day stuff about the persecuted church. Some of the Bible apps like Bible Gateway has lots of uh, little stories as well from the persecuted church. So I'd encourage you to check out those resources and Let's start praying for the persecuted church as we're asked to do here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. God bless you guys. Have a great day.